Hey, it's Jordan. We'll open up the Chill Factory in about 20 seconds. Do you have the Chill Factory app yet? It's a great way to relax right now and forever. And at the end of this episode, I'll be giving a special password so that you and 25 other listeners can use all of the Chill Factory app's features for free. There's the chirping of birds. There's the sound of the one train behind me. There's the, the sound of the dishwasher or the, or the even the ringing of, of my ears. What we call a silent retreat can, can really have a lot of sounds. Welcome to the Chill Factory, where we make life lighter. I'm Jordan Friedman. What's the longest amount of time you've gone without talking, intentionally, not including when you're sleeping? I assume it's been at least a couple of hours when you've been out seeing a movie, unless you're one of those people who talks during movies. Or if you meditate, maybe it's 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes. But have you ever been intentionally silent for a half a day or a whole day or an entire month? Well, Ty Bendit was recently silent for 30 days on purpose as part of a silent retreat. Silent retreats can take many forms. They can be religious or spiritual. They can be connected to a school or practice. And they can even be done in complete darkness. Meditation is often a part of silent retreats, and some people go on them just to take a break and reduce their stress. I've invited Ty to the Chill Factory today to talk about his recent experience being silent for a month. Ty Bendit is a product manager and data scientist at LinkedIn, where he works with teams to build products for LinkedIn. He graduated from the Wharton School of Business, where his research focused on implicit bias, workplace mindfulness, and innovation management. During our interview, you'll probably hear an occasional noise. Ty was in New York City when we spoke, and the number one subway train comes above ground right near where he was talking. It's ironic because this episode is about silence, yet we were sort of interrupted by the New York City subway. More on that after we speak. Ty Bendit, thanks so much for coming by the Chill Factory today. What were the parameters of your silent retreat? Were there rules that you needed to follow? What was the environment like? Because they do vary in how they're set up and how they run. Absolutely. So this center, which is called Spirit Rock, uh, along with its sister center, IMS, um, there are two very famous meditation centers in the Vipassana, the insight meditation tradition. And what they practice during their retreats is a tradition that's called noble silence. It's silence with a purpose, and the purpose is to preserve this container for each of the retreatants so you can really have your own experience without worrying about kind of, you know, outside interruptions. So without worrying about someone starting a conversation with you or making eye contact or, or trying to engage you, so, so it's a really like respectful practice of, you know, each person is kind of in their own body and in their own mind um, without trying to, to engage others. And it was for a full month, right? Yeah, so this was a month-long retreat. Um, and this was my first month-long. I've done 10 retreats at this point, and all of them have been between maybe four and seven days. And this was the, the first more extended retreat. Um, and so during that month, it, we, we practiced noble silence, so I wasn't talking to any of the other retreatants. There's about 70 of us there. Um, so it, it becomes, there, there's a lot of quiet, there's a lot of 
stillness that emerges. So it's pretty much quiet the entire time that you're there. There are teachers, so they'll give teachings maybe three times a day, and they'll share meditation practices, they'll share teachings from the Buddha, and what we call Dharma talks. They'll share practices on, on compassion and kindness. So there is instruction at, at certain periods throughout the day, but yes, Jordan, the, the majority of it is just silent, silent sitting, silent walking, being in the woods in silence. Um, but you, you know, you, you start to notice that really the, there's so many sounds that emerge in, in what we call silence, right? The absence of talking, that there's so much that's there, right? There's the chirping of birds, there's the sound of the one train behind me. You know, there's the, the sound of the dishwasher or, the, or the, even the ringing of, of my ears, the sound of silence. So um, what we call a silent retreat can, can really have a lot of sounds. And the environment, Ty, it sounds like it was very much in nature. Yes, yeah, it's a beautiful center. It's in, in the rolling hills of Woodacre, California. It's about an hour north of San Francisco. And at this time of year, it was February. It was so green because it had rained. And so, you know, you'd walk up these hills or I'd walk up and I, I really felt like I was almost being enveloped by this earth, like welcomed by this, uh, by the earth and the trees and, and the soil. It's quite a beautiful spot. Hmm. And this was your 10th silent retreat or silent in some form that you've done. So what was your motivation in the beginning for uh, wanting to do this, and then obviously you you liked it, yeah. so you kept doing them. Why did you start? Yeah, that's a great question. The impetus was actually a, a gap year I spent after high school where I went to live in Uruguay. I went to live in South America, and I left what was a very structured life. You know, I grew up in New York City. I went to um, you know high school. I had friends, I was a great student, I was valedictorian in my high school, um, I had a, a community, I had, you know, I played the drums, I was in theater, I was applying to college. Um, I, you know, I, I really had this um, structured life and um, I had a girlfriend, right, that, who I broke up with right before I left to Uruguay. And, and I got down there and it was a shock to me. Um, many things that year were a shock. Um, culturally, it was a shock, you know, leaving kind of all of this uh, all of those things behind, right, this self, where all of a sudden I was kind of this foreign nobody, right, living there. Um, and for, for a period I was living with a family that was very difficult, in a neighborhood that was very difficult. Um, and, and so really the whole year was a shock to my system. And, and I, there was a lot of suffering there. Like I was, I was lonely, I was depressed at times, I was anxious. Um, I didn't really know how to cope. Um, and, and it was at that time that you know, I was traveling to some different hostels, and I found um, in, in one of these hostels Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. Have you heard of that book? Sure. Yeah, so it's super famous, right? And, and this is a man who um, went through an incredible amount of suffering and then had this experience at age 29 where all of a sudden, you know, he was sleeping one night and, and going through a lot of stress and struggle and kind of heard this voice that, that told him, you know, stop resisting, stop resisting and kind of went into this vortex and, and woke up the next morning totally present, like present to, to the sound of the birds chirping and the sunlight coming in through the windows. Just like, ah, I'm totally present. And describes the bliss of that transformation of not like projecting into the future and, and thinking about, oh man, what's gonna happen next? Or, or not like 
you know, rolling back into the past and, oh man, I regret this or that, just like, just here, right? Just the birds, just the sunlight. And so I read that and I was like, this is so true in my life. Like nothing is actually wrong right now. You know, I'm in Uruguay, you know, I'm, I'm safe, right? I'm, I'm okay. I, you know, I have support if I need it. I have resources, but there is so much mental struggle around the past, around the future. Um, can I be present? So that, that was the impetus to start this practice. And because now that you've had many experiences being silent, I wonder if you can tell us about some of your realizations along the way while you were having these experiences. Are there some things that stand out to you that still stand out to you that you learned about yourself, about others, uh, about the world? Oh yeah, many. The practice is really just watching what's going on and observing what's going on without judgment. So oftentimes there, there's some misconceptions around meditation that, you know, we're trying to get rid of the thoughts, we're trying to achieve a certain experience, right? So I meditate because I'm trying to achieve calm or I'm trying to, you know, get rid of my anxiety or trying to, you know, get rid of my catastrophizing. But really what the practice is about is, is just watching what's happening. So I'm just sitting down, right? And I say, I'm going to sit for 30 minutes and I stay there and I watch what comes up and everything comes up, you know, sometimes even within a, a period of 30 minutes, right? So, so for example, I was meditating this morning, right? And then I woke up kind of early. I was up at, at 5 a.m. And, and so I'm in bed and I'm like, okay, it's 5 a.m. And, and then my mind starts going to like, okay, well, what do I do? Like, okay, I have some time before work. Like I could go to the gym. Like maybe I'll do some yoga. Oh, what should I make for breakfast? Like, oh, I have to send some emails today. You know, like I'd start drafting. So, so I was like, took a break and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go sit. And first I was just sitting with all of this, like all of this planning and these thoughts, you know, and the stress and sitting with it. Um, and through that process of, of watching this, like I kind of get to know the mind. It's like, okay, this is planning. This is the planning mind. Right? And this is what the planning mind feels like. It feels a little bit contracted, right? It's not really present with what's going on. So I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm feeling that. And just by itself, after about 20, 25 minutes, like it starts to release. And then I'm noticing like what's happening in the room, you know, with the sunlight coming up over the city. Um, and, and there's just a lot more presence there. So, so that, that to me is the practice and the learning in each and every moment. As you've done these silent retreats and with a real focus on meditation, what have been the challenges for you, if any? Yeah, um, you know, my first retreat was really, really difficult. Yeah, I've been meditating for about a year and it was, I think it was a four night retreat at Insight Meditation Society. And certainly there were beautiful moments of, you know, being in the woods and it was snowing, I mean, it was December, just like in awe of the trees and the snow and the glistening light. Um, and there were other moments where I would start, my thoughts would start spinning and there's really no distraction at these retreats, you know, that you're, I'm, I wasn't talking clearly. Um, and they, they also encourage you not to, um, not to read or write or to, of course, not, not to use technology. So when things come up, you know, anxiety come up, comes up, your only option is to kind of be with it and to watch it. Um, and the first retreat, I was so hard, I, you know, I had, um, just different anxieties in my life coming up and, 
you know, I, I told myself, I'm never doing this again. Like, this is terrible. Like, don't ever <laughs> let yourself do this again. Uh, and, and of course, like, you know, I've done 10 since then. So luckily I didn't believe that contracted self, but these things that we sit with, some of them are easy, right? The pleasurable experiences and some of them are hard, right? The, the, the pain, right? Pain in the body, physical pain is hard to sit with. Um, worries about the future are hard to sit with. Feelings of shame are hard to sit with. So all of those things make this experience d difficult. Does, does that make sense? Yes, yes, for sure. And I have the experience of being a meditator for many, many years. And so I'm very used to silence and being silent for long periods of time, whether it's, you know, a day or, or a week or, or a month, as was the case for you in your last experience. Oh, it seems so luxurious and wonderful, and I can't wait. Sign me up right now. But for others listening, they may hear, oh, you have to be silent. You had to be silent for a month or even for an hour. And they start to climb the walls. They can't imagine anything that would be less appealing or less tolerable. So maybe if, if you were talking to someone who was you know, thinking about this or maybe mm. somewhat or really resistant to the idea, uh, what advice might you give them given your you know, pretty significant experience at this yeah, I mean, first I'd say like a, um, a month long is not for everyone. They actually have prerequisites for a month long retreat. Um, you have to have done kind of shorter week long retreats. Um, and, and even those are quite difficult unless you have a meditation practice. Um, certainly I've brought some friends along that I've enjoyed it and, and found it valuable. But it, it is a hard thing when in daily life we are used to being constantly stimulated, right? Through phones, through um, technology and emails, through people around us in our environment through the news um, it's really unusual to even sit down for 30 minutes right and do nothing um, that can be hard and, and and then you know you try extend that to, to sitting and walking in silence all day for five days it's like it's not it's so hard um, or just the same way that you wouldn't you know wake up one day and run a marathon you know first you go out and, and you know you run a mile and then you know the next week you do two miles a day or whatever it is i, I think it's very similar um, and so really like building up through the practices that are working to you and until you feel ready to go on that longer retreat. Um, and, and it will happen. Like there'll be some calling of like similar for this month. I felt like, okay, now I'm ready for a month. So, so that would be what I encourage people who are interested in this is, um, you know, you don't need to dive in, just, you know, dip a toe in first and there's tons of apps and resources out there. So you can find like, you know, what's a, a little bit beyond my comfort level so that I'm training but not way beyond my comfort level that I'm freaking out. Right. And I appreciate, and I'm sure you do, I know you do, the structure of these retreats and the silent time, whatever length they might be. But I think it's also important to say that we can be quiet for 30 seconds uh, in a deliberate way or, you know, for a minute or five minutes in our daily lives, sitting at our desks or riding on the subway yeah. or walking down the street, right. um, that, that if someone is interested in the idea of silence or mindfulness or a meditative state, 
you don't have to go to a retreat. You don't have to go to a school. You don't have to take a course. You can just sit with yourself without distractions, without technology, and either do that every day for the rest of your life or build up, as you just said, to uh, something more formal or different. Yeah. And I would add to that, that in my experience, most of us humans, like we need a structure to commit to something, right? So it's all well and good to say, okay, I'm going to be mindful on my, you know, while I'm brushing my teeth today and and on the subway. Um, But it's much easier to build a sustainable practice if I'm, you know, if I commit to, I'm going to do an eight week course where I'm going to have a buddy and we're going to, you know, meditate together for 10 minutes every day kind of thing. Um, And and even in my experience, the way that I developed a consistent practice was by doing an eight week uh, mindfulness based stress reduction program where literally the homework was you meditate 20 minutes a day um, and then there's commitment, there's community, and there's something that's like holding me accountable to, to that practice um, and from there building up, right? And just recognizing as a human, like I, I kind of need that, you know, as much as I have the intention to, to be Eckhart Tolle, like for most of us, it doesn't happen overnight going through a vortex. It, it happens through commitment over time. Yeah. And I'm really glad you talked about the environment earlier and being silent, that closes one door, if you will, but opens a lot of other doors and windows and skylights to all of the other sounds around us. I talk a lot about sound on this show and with the Chill Factory app that we make available that's part of the podcast. There are a lot of sonic-only experiences on there, many of them in nature. And yeah, if you do just close your eyes and try to focus on these things, the sounds that you hear, you sometimes wonder, wow, I wonder if I've been going through my entire life not hearing these beautiful things. Yeah, really. I mean, that's beautiful that you're providing that. And and I can relate to the sadness there of sometimes, you know, we come into the present and and when it is beautiful, there's like a, a sadness to the, the fact that we miss it a lot of the time. Well, and the good news is we can often start if we've missed it. We can start somewhere. Of course, and yeah. hopefully in, enjoy them going forward. Ty Bendit, thanks so much for coming by the Chill Factory. This is a topic that I know a lot of people are interested in, and it can take many forms. And for sure have many benefits. So thanks very much, Ty. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jordan. Pleasure to be here. Be sure to check the show notes for more about Ty and the resources he mentioned during our conversation. Ty talked about the meditation part of his silent retreat, the practice of being present and in the moment and easily letting go of thoughts that come into one's mind. It could be thoughts about yesterday's mistakes or today's worries or even tomorrow's dreams. It's kind of like the noise of the New York City subway coming into our conversation. Our conversation was our focal point and we recognized the noise of the subway, but then it easily faded away. Focal points are part of most meditation practices. It could be a sound or a mantra. It could be an image or even focusing on the air going in and out of your nostrils when you breathe. Now, most people have never meditated, so I thought it would be a good idea to try a two-minute meditation session here in the Chill Factory. 
I'll guide you into it and sort of give you a feel for how it's done. I'll leave you for just a little bit and then I'll guide you back out of it. It would be best if you were sitting upright in a chair and if you could be in a quiet place with your eyes closed. Direct your attention to your nostrils. And like a laser, focus your attention on the air flowing in and out of your nose as you breathe in and then breathe out. Now already other thoughts have probably entered into your mind. They've interrupted your focus on the air flowing in and out of your nostrils without you even realizing it. That's okay and completely natural. What I'd like you to do when this happens is just to very easily recognize that you're focusing or thinking about something else other than the air flowing in and out of your nose and then just easily let those thoughts go and bring your focus back to your nostrils, to the air flowing in and out as you inhale and exhale. Try this on your own for a little bit and I'll be back shortly. In a moment, you'll let that focus fade away and you'll welcome in any other thoughts that come into your mind. And as part of this transition out of meditation, think about what you'll see when you open your eyes. And when you're ready, slowly open your eyes. That's it, you just meditated. I realize it may have been challenging and you may not feel relaxed at all, but actually meditation is a technique that takes practice to realize its many well-studied benefits, including lower blood pressure, greater focus, better sleep, and my personal favorite, not being as bothered by things that usually bother you. We could go on and talk about meditation for days, but we don't have time here on The Chill Factory. However, 
you do have the Chill Factory app, which has two tracks in the Sonic Spa called Meditation 10 and Meditation 20 for 10 and 20 minutes. You can practice meditation using those, and if you tap on the information icon below each track, you'll get more details about best meditation practices. Just download the Chill Factory from the App Store or Google Play and enter the password silence when prompted. This will allow you and 25 other listeners to use all of the app's features for free for one year from the original post date of this episode. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thanks so much for listening. We have more resources at thechillfactory.net, and you can leave a voice comment or question there. Just look for the blue tab on the right side of any site page. Be sure to subscribe or follow The Chill Factory so you'll know when new episodes are available. And if you liked something you heard on this or any episode, we'd love it if you rated or reviewed The Chill Factory wherever you get your podcasts. And as the Chinese proverb says, talk doesn't cook rice.